This transmission is unrehearsed and unedited and is hereby begun without further comment as to its lack of moral value. Hello and welcome to more uh, Kendall Cast special MPC 2020 coverage. Uh, I'm Kendall and uh, I am interviewing uh, Rob- Robbie Hendon. That's hey, how's it going? <laughs> I got the name right, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, every time, because uh, I only know people by their by their forum names. Right. Well, it's why for the longest time when I came back, before I started going to events, everybody called me Rinden because that was my screen name. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it's my first initial last name because I figured why hide behind something right. else. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... I my my username is Corin because I uh, you know was a kid when I signed up, but my Twitter name is is K Hallman, uh, and right. my YouTube name is K Hallman. My first initial last name for the same yeah. reason because I was that because I was a grown up when those things started existing. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, but but I did have a YouTube show that uh, there were a couple of shows that we kind of watched each other and would comment on each other on on it. Like this was I. You can't even find them on YouTube anymore because I removed them. They were so embarrassing. But somebody did refer to me as Callman, uh, <laughs> which for which is yeah again the same, the same yeah. kind of thing. It's it's kind of it's kind of funny. Yeah, it really is. Um. So, what is your uh, background with uh, with Star Wars CCG? Uh, I mean, I've been I started playing probably back when it was like a premiere of New Hope. Cloud City wasn't out yet. And I played up until the EPPs were released, and at that point, being a you know high school kid, I had to make a choice to where to spend my money, and I chose Magic over mm-hmm. Star Wars. And then about, I think it was 02 when they lost the license and we all found out, that's when I got back in, because there was a good scene in Austin, and you know some of my friends still played, and I enjoyed the game. So I managed to buy back in for pennies on the dollar. And right. I played from 03 up until I want to say is 05, 06 when they released um, uh, musicians that were ridiculously overpowered. Oh, uh-oh, virtual, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I was on. I was doing playtesting with a couple of people in Austin, and they released those against our like massive complaints. Mm-hmm. And then we found out other playtest groups complained as well, and they still got released. And we were like, okay, this is pretty silly. And then I think that was the uh, that was Scum Worlds and uh, some other stuff, and it was just not fun anymore. So I mm-hmm. kind of just stopped playing, and then picked it back up again in 2010, and have been pretty much playing ever since. Uh, I've gone to three worlds. I think I've run one. Um, I've ran indoor once. I've run an NPC. I've run mini Texas Mini Worlds multiple times. I've run Nats a couple times, mm-hmm. um, and then I've played in whatever I can play in. So, okay. so I wonder if we've met. Maybe. <laughs> um, not always the best with names. Yeah, yeah. I was at. Uh, I I did. I was at. There were two Pittsburgh Nationals that I was at uh, in like 2013 and 2014 or something like that, and then I was at Continentals this past year. I'm, I mean, I'm most of the stuff that I've done is more east, and it sounds like you're more of a you're more of a west per, a west coast person. But uh, 
No, but, actually, I've done more East Coast. Uh, oh, okay. Being in Texas, it's actually cheaper to fly to New Jersey than it is out to California. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but I think I did twenty, yeah, twenty seventeen Nats in Pittsburgh is the one I ran up okay. there. Yeah, I wasn't playing then. Yeah. Um, but uh, okay. Um, so why uh, why Star Wars CCG over over something else? I've always said, and there's probably multiple posts on this on the forums that it's the best mechanics I've ever played um there, the new Dragon Ball Kart 1 the Dragon Ball Super game it's close but um just Star Wars where you can find any card you know like mm-hmm. you play against somebody that has a counter your, you know it, their deck is kind of countering to yours or it's a bad matchup so you put in your little counter cards mm-hmm. and like magic you've got to play 4 to 8 cards Right. In Star Wars, you play like one to four, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, if it gets a little bit worse, you play more, but you can always find that card, usually. Yeah. You, know, you can search through your reserve deck turn one and know what's in your force pile mm-hmm. and know when to draw. Same thing turn two, turn three, and you can find the cards that you need to find. And so I think it removes a lot of the luck factor and it puts more emphasis on the skill to actually, you know, the better players mm-hmm. win. And you see that by, you know, Bastion winning back-to-back worlds and three overall. I mean, he won 2001, and then he's won the last two. So, you know, and Hayes, you know, is kind of the same way. Like, Hayes was good way back when. Hayes is still good. Mm-hmm. You know, these these players, you know, have the skill to be good at this game, and it shows. Like, that, it's not something where it's just luck. Like, you know, you don't see me winning worlds because I got lucky. You see the same kind of people that do it and you put in the work you're going to get there that's that's uh yeah that's 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 interesting that's kind of that's actually kind of the answer that i've i've always gotten in the past was like had to do with the mechanics but the folks that i've interviewed in this in this round uh have given me the because it's star wars answer Um, yeah i was uh, gonna say that's the next thing is it's star wars i mean that's that's what i grew up enjoying i love the eu and all that so you know playing something that because like you if you go play wars which was decipher's second version of this game it wasn't like it just didn't have anything there to tie it all together for you so man it's it's a shame that that wasn't more successful though because it actually like i got i picked up some wars stuff a few years ago and it plays like a modernized version of of star wars ccg right Um, in in a in a way that like yeah it's it's a very it's like this is what Wizards of the Coast practically could have done could have done this when they got their license. Yeah. Um it's it's uh yeah, it's a shame that or or you know, if we could have done a Star Wars second edition or something like that. Right. Well, and the problem with Wars was like I said it didn't have any content to tie us together to it, right? Like we just didn't um you know, feel the same thing as that we felt with Star Wars. Right. right. And by that point, Decipher had already burned us with uh star wars and burned us with lord of the rings and so most of the players are just like we're done with you guys mm-hmm. like i remember at the time playing you know lord of the rings with hayes and you know brian fred and all these guys and you know then they started screwing up lord of the rings and we just all were like all right we're just done with the cyber it, it made that like when they came out with that game it their best player base to jump into it didn't trust them to play their game anymore so it's kind of what you see with Fantasy Flight today, where Fantasy Flight keeps killing their games or rebooting and doing things, and 
people are starting to get tired of that. Like, you know, they want to have more trust in the company that they're spending money or giving their money to. And, you know, I've seen from local game stores that Fantasy Flight just has kind of fallen off. Like, people don't trust them anymore. Um, so what are your uh, what are your thoughts on the current uh, the current metagame? Um, I think it's better than where it was. Um, I'm not a big mains and toys kind of guy. Um, I'm not really big into playing Throne Room. I don't really mm-hmm. care to play uh, Hitco or that kind of stuff. Um, I tend to prefer like QMC or Senate. That tends to be now Senate kind of is mains and toys, but it's EPPs and hit and run versus mm-hmm. you know the other stuff. I did enjoy Profit for a while. Um, and you know, I, I do enjoy seeing decks, you know, other than you know Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight everywhere, mm-hmm. and like my father before me everywhere. I think that was a huge detriment to the game having that card being in every deck. Like they couldn't do anything for Watch Your Step because it was already really good with that effects. And if you add more things to make Watch Your Step better, they can just add both of them together, and it's great. Mm. So now they can. Add in some more Watcher Step stuff if they need to or feel like they want to. You know, they don't have to. No, we can't do that because they can play that and like my father. Right, you right. Um, so for Light Side, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. You know, a lot more. Dark Side's been, you know, it's in a better position. Um, I still think it's probably the weaker side, but it's definitely better than where it was. You know, for. Um, worlds or indoor or anything like that um, where ROPS is no longer you know causing games to time out um, you know that was a big thing like we keep trying to make ROPS good and ROPS has always just been detrimental to the game it mm-hmm. seems like um, you know I, I like where Agents is at Court is in a good place um you know, I, I like the slip sliding away effect or interrupt. I think it's adding a lot to a couple of um, objectives. Like, you know, I think there's a dark deal deck out there with that interrupt somewhere. Um, you know, ISB can play it. Uh, Bring them before me could play it. Like, there's a lot of options with that. I, and yeah, I, I really like the uh, I really like the the mall mall cantina gigantic drain. Uh, uh, concept, even if it's not, it's not like great, but I feel like it's it's good yeah. enough. Yeah, I, I think slip sliding away is a really exciting card. The problem, the problem you'll see, I think, is a lot of light side players are now adding things like Avergence and the Force back into their deck because mm-hmm. you can easily pull it with the shield, and then oh, you drain me for a lot, sure, I'll play this, and now your drains are limited to one there for the rest mm-hmm. of the game. I don't even have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's. I mean, there's a lot of there's there's a, there's a lot of answers. You can even just. I mean, honestly, if you it's it's going to be if it's a mains matchup, you're gonna you're gonna come fight anyway. Uh, right. You know, and and Lone Hunter's good, but he's not he's not unbeatable. No, but uh, he's he is really good, and yeah. that that is nice. Like I do I do like him, and I thought the you know new Rebel Scout was really good. Um, you know, the guy that I guess wasn't really new now, but he was part of that tweak set. He just was released early. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, like, I think the game's in a lot better place. I think there's some more things we can do. Like, I, I really wish we would bring back some of the old stuff from before the reset, things like communing or, you know, stuff like that to kind of open it up more so we're not seeing so much throne room. But 
as I said in one of the posts on the forum, we've made dark side be really aggressive really fast, and so light side needs that extra turn to kind of catch back up. You know, like you were saying with the mall deck, you can drain for four to six or whatever first turn, like her second turn. That's mm-hmm. rough. Yeah. Map can do that with Kylo pretty easily too. You know, they can drain for three, plus maybe a blaster damage. You know, like mm-hmm. four or five damage turn. You know, your turn after your turn one is a lot of damage for light side to have to right, deal with. Right. All right. Um. So uh, tell me a little bit about how you're how you're preparing for for this event. Um, I've been bouncing deck list with Brian Fred. I've been doing a lot more theory than playing. Um, I should have probably played more on Gimp just to refamiliarize myself with everything. I just get home and don't really want to get on and play Star Wars mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So I thought I would a little bit more this week, but it just it didn't happen. Um, so I've been bouncing lists, doing all the theory crafting, pulling my hair out, uh, trying to figure out what I'm going to play tomorrow. You know, I, I've got it narrowed down to a couple of decks each side. I just am not sure which way to go. Um, being the 12 seed against uh, Stubbly, you know, he's really good, but I can, I can kind of match up with him. Um, and then if I get past him, I'm looking at Harpster probably, and he's got a wide range like I do, so I can't really put him on much. And then after that's Haze, and I'd, I'd just consider myself happy if I got past Harpster and <laughs> a Connor at that point. Like um, I've got a lot of respect for Connor's playability and his game and his style of play and everything, and Harpster is one of those that I've just learned never to count out. He has his ups and downs, but you know he's he finished second at indoor, so he's obviously on top of his game. Um, a couple, I think it was last year he finished second at indoor against Chu, and he he almost beat Chu that year. Mm-hmm. Um, he top eighted this year, you know, like he's pretty good at this game, um, and he's up there with Worfs, and Worfs has been on a roll too, and I've got a lot of respect for Worfs and his game. I've thought Worfs has been underrated for a very long time. Um, so yeah, I'm not looking at any breaks, <laughs> trying to get out of you know the, where I am. So you know, it usually in the NPC you like to be able to match up. You know, when you're the lower seed, pick the right matchups and get there. Uh, Brad Air did that a few years ago with uh, HB quads or hidden base quads. You know, he he picked the right deck and he hadn't played in forever and showed up to NPC, picked the right deck and just steamrolled people because they you know they couldn't compete with his light side deck and he'd win by 30 plus and then i think he was playing hunt down for dark side so it was just like keep him under 30 and i win the match mm-hmm. seems pretty good yeah yeah so. yeah, that's, yeah the uh the match the match play format i i do i do think that sometimes people like they 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 lean a little bit too much into the read my opponent for their matchup or they lean too much into the you know, I need the deck that has the big win or whatever, you know, since it's differential versus whatever. But it is interesting to kind of think about some of that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, with Stubbly, he doesn't have a lot of decks out there um, that he's played. So it gives me a bigger idea of, you know, kind of matchups I could do. Mm-hmm. Harpster's played, I mean, I, I think you can go back and look, and I think he's played almost two different decks for each of the last, like, eight events. Like, he doesn't double up a lot. 
So that's a lot harder. And then, I mean, Hayes is one of the best players to ever play. So I, even if I could guess right, I'm still at a huge disadvantage already. All right. Well, let's go into the Pivo questionnaire. Uh, this is uh, the questionnaire that Gogolin recommended. Uh, I adapt from uh, James Lipton's questions that he asked on Inside the Actors Studio. Okay. Um, so first question, what is your favorite card? Uh, probably the Senate objectives. <laughs> I, when I came back, I just wanted to play Senate. So I really, really enjoyed Senate a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean that or like Kent Malice. I thought that was great being able to pull, it's a legacy card, but you know, it allowed oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. To, to pull up a bunch of cheap characters Greedo to do some fun and- stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we could bring that back now because Greedo's so good. But mm. you know, at the time it was really good, and like it was one of the first decks that. Um, and then uh, there was a profit deck that I helped build back in '03. Those are probably the two best decks that I ever got to play, and so I'm kind of partial to those kind of things too. It's nice. People don't talk. I feel like people don't talk about cards from that era enough. Like just the legacy era in general, but especially that kind of that early that early era yeah i totally i played i played a court deck that would start power of the hut and ket malice and probably all wrapped up because i was bad at star wars cards but uh (laughs) but i but i just i loved it because i could pull there were like eight characters that i could pull or something like that didn't didn't it pull like danic jericho it pulled danic it pulled uh harem denzom greedo and i think somebody else but i never oh wait no, you. I don't think it pulled Danik. I think it pulled. I can't remember who else it pulled off the top of my head. Now it was somebody else, not Danik. I don't think it pulled Danik. Maybe it did, but there were like because I know I pulled. Oh, it pulled uh, Regis, Greedo, yeah. and him Dezon, and maybe Danik. But in the Dark Deal, you just pulled Regis, him, and um, uh, Greedo. You set them down, and you could set up like a turn two Dark Deal. Yeah. Um, and then like the Profit deck was a thing of beauty that. Uh, me and Justin Warren back in 0304 came up with when Civil Disorder came out and um, we had the profit helper of the thing that pulls 3PO that you start mm-hmm. um, can't think of what it is off the top of my head right now but we played those two and then uh, nobody was really playing any Savrip hate so we got to play Savrip and then you would this was back with Broken Civil Disorder oh, too yeah, where yeah. you got to activate a force when you initiated a battle and then retrieve so you would always have extra force to do all this and then you would just get rid of the characters with Savrip to keep your guys on the field it was ridiculous Yeah. so my, my favorite story that I always tell about that Civil Disorder which I think I've been trying to figure out what my answers to these questions would be if somebody asked me i think that civil disorder ability 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 virtual the the old version of them might be my favorite cards uh so i was i was at a a turn i was 16 17 origins like 2003 or something like that and uh and i was the first first tournament actually the only like sanctioned tournament that i went to in that era you know before like 20 10 or something. Uh, and I was there with a couple of friends who are also 17 year olds. And, uh, so my friend deploys against a lone, uh, P 59 and, uh, just, just like drops, you know, like dumps out his whole hand 
to to get and then uh, has exactly one force left um, to initiate a battle. And then I reminded him to I reminded him to use civil disorder. Like I tapped civil disorder, even though I was just like watching their game. Right. Um, and this was I, which I really should not have done. Obviously, no. This was this was O three back when like that thing was really frowned upon. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and I and I can't remember what he had, but he had something else that he need an interrupt in hand or something that he needed to use one force. So mm-hmm. he you know he retrieved the guy and then activated the one force, and then that caused him to just like completely overpower this guy by like forty force or something like that. And the guy, the guy got so mad. He he flipped a bunch of cards over, you know, flip, top decked a bunch of cards. He was like, "No, oh, whatever, I quit." And then he stormed out, left his cards, and stormed out. And uh, hopefully, he's not listening to this uh, <laughs> to this conversation. That wasn't you, was it? No, <laughs> I did not go to Origins at that point. I was a poor right out of high school mm. student. You know, I didn't go to college, so I can't yeah. say that. But I was not really able to travel much and you know getting to origins was a lot harder than some of the other places around here so right yeah origins is is in columbus ohio which is where i live so it was uh easy for me uh what is your are we still on the first question yeah that was first question (laughs) i I ramble and i get people to ramble with me so that's fine we're 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 we're, in time for you know that wanted a short interview this is probably (laughs) gonna be a really long one no it's 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 fine people want content that's what that's what you got to know about podcasts is people just put on like there there is someone who wants eight hours of star wars podcasts a day right and we're we're working on it um yeah so uh so what is your least favorite card uh right now it's civil disorder and ability 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 just because <laughs> i don't hate. think I, I hate the plus two um we got rid of that plus two on so many things um and it being left on the senate stuff i feel like is overkill now you know when palpatine you know senator palpatine or mom mothma cost five or six i mean we're talking about you know almost darth vader lord of the sith kind mm-hmm. of deploy mm-hmm. cost and i'm not getting that same kind of benefit you know um, and then the dark side ones, I mean, ranging, ra- raising their cost up too is just, I mean, that deck does not activate that much. It gets to be a blowout real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't like, um, the Revo shield that we did. Cause I think Revo should just be unique. I think it was a card as a one of that would be fine. Cause you could play a lot of strategy with it. It's not immune to, other cancelers so making it unique wouldn't be bad mm-hmm. and i don't like the uh, firepower and um weapons display shields like the retrieval on them i think i don't think we should have retrieval on shields um and like i think the like i think there's a lot of bad interactions on them like mm-hmm. you know um uh, like the dark side one or the light side one punishing the dark side player for playing barrier and stuff. Right, right. It's like, come on guys. Like that's a little absurd. It was, it was designed to stop all the stunning leader stuff that was going around at the mm-hmm. time, not mm-hmm. barrier. Well, and, and then like, like the light side one was to stop, you know, Arcona's and things like that. And it, it's kind of been blown out of proportion. Y- with it. Yeah. I mean, light side doesn't react away from battles all the time. Now, the way that they used to, um, 
Yeah, I actually I think the Revolution Shield uh, might have been one of the things that made me leave the game uh, when I did at, during the the uh, the reset. Like I don't you know I don't like to dwell on this too much, but like I really did feel like during the during the reset process, I was I mean I was probably it was probably just that I was in the minority. But I did feel like literally every single decision that was made during that process, I was on the wrong side of. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that, you know, took me away from it, the game a little bit. And then I got over it after yeah. five years. And uh, yeah, like, I mean, I was I was on the side of the reset. I thought it was needed. But, you know, I also understood it was going to make a lot of people unhappy. Well, with, I, just, I, I like, just I mean, I was wrong. <laughs> but Right. I mean, but. You know, I I don't think there was a right answer at the time. I think the reset was needed, but I don't. I think no matter what was going to happen at that point was going to piss some people off. Like we weren't going to make everybody happy, mm-hmm. and that's just kind of that was the risk that we took. And I, I I think the game is better for it. I think we are still missing some things to from where we where I was hoping we'd be at this point, but we also didn't know. In, at the reset time that they were going to make a bunch of new movies and we'd have all this new content <laughs> to make cards for now too, either. Well, we, I think we kind of, I think we kind of did. Disney hadn't purchased it yet. Uh, when did Disney buy, when did Disney buy star Wars? That I, was 2015. I'm going to confirm that real fast. We're not live. I can double check <laughs> that. Oh no, but, it was 2012. Yeah. I mean, it was, we didn't know what, it, what it right. was going to be. That's- um, I don't think that they had uh, like I don't erased think they the expanded announced. universe yeah. yet or anything right. like that. I, uh, certainly, like they hadn't a new dawn hadn't come out, and much less Force Awakens or any of that right. stuff. But something something was up with it with right. with the we, way that there were changes. Yeah, right. I mean, we also. I mean, you never would have thought we would have gotten a Star Wars movie every year since then. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think this year, nope. Yeah, yeah. This year will be like the first year we did we don't get a Star Wars movie since the reset. Uh, twenty well, twenty thirteen. Did was there one in twenty eighteen? Yeah, uh, wasn't Solo twenty eighteen? How does math work? Because one because there were two in one year. Or no, or right. no. Oh no, 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 no. You're no. right. No, you're right. Solo was twenty eighteen. It's just that it was mid twenty eighteen. So it was, it was six in months May. after or right. five months after yeah. Last Jedi. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it was the only one released in May. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I think the others were all released in the fall. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, if if there hadn't been, I mean, I you know, hindsight and all that crap. I mean, if there hadn't been a reset in 2014, there would have been a one in 2015 or or whatever or 20 whatever year it was. More than likely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There would have been, you know, there would have had some had to do something uh, at some point. Eventually, there were going to be too many cards. Just uh, I think also at the time I didn't realize how how kind of how small the the players committee itself was like the, the people up top, you know, how few people were actually designing cards and how, how little actual play, not, not that, not, not as a, not as a criticism, but just like basically how limited resources, uh, right. You know, they don't, this wasn't wizards of the coast. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's been the problem of the PC for a lot. I think now with GIMP and, you know, the last few years before GIMP Hollow Table for playtesting helped a lot, but I think GIMP is going to take the playtesting to the next level for them and make it a lot easier so we can get, you know, better cards mm. that are, you know, more thought out rather than some of the stuff we saw back then, like the original um, 
secure route for WAP where you got to exchange any card in your hand with one in the lost pile and deploy straight to the throne room and it was that was nutty Mm -hmm. yeah i and also with gemp when there is another reset or whatever comes uh those cards will still exist you know as opposed to that's the awkward thing i really wish that that legacy could be programmed that at least some legacy cards or something could be done to kind of you know acknowledge that era's existence Right. Um, the problem with like Gump is it wouldn't be able to exist in the same way. I don't think. Um, maybe it could, but I think it would be way too many cards for people to search through. I think the better instance would to have like Gump Legacy, Gump Current, just mm-hmm. because you know all those legacy cards. Like when I type in Civil Disorder and see like three different copies mm-hmm. of it, that would get confusing. You know, well, you which just, you real. just default the search to open. Yeah, I mean the format or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean I would hope they would just make a new instance and let people choose mm-hmm. to keep it cleaner. But either way, How, the programming will still would still be there. I think right uh, there would be a there would be a way there would be a way to do it. And I mean there, you can do that with Hollow Table, but Hollow Table is is not what Gemp is. Right. Um, no. And also Gemp has sort of demonstrated that there are a bunch of cranky old people that just want to play old versions of of the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, being able to play in your web browser versus having to try to figure out right. GTA installations and stuff is so much easier. All right. Um, what uh, what kinds of cards uh, stimulate you creatively? Um, I like like starting interrupts that kind of open the format a little bit, like the slip sliding away, the the combat response, and whatever the other one is off the top of my head. I can't think of it. Um, like. I liked San V to some extent. That card was incredibly dumb, but I liked what it opened up. Um, I like I, I, I like things that kind of bring back, um, you know, older cards versus always just getting new cards, which is partially why I'm not always that ecstatic about where things have gone because I don't really like. We just seem to be making more and more objectives, right? Like we're not bringing back and hitting on some of the other ones that you know were around from when we were younger that we probably would like to play mm-hmm. um so i like things you know like that can bring some of those back in certain ways or just open up the game to a like a different level like i think starting interrupts for the longest time I and mean, we were kind of just stuck with uh you know prepared defenses and heading to the medical frigate because yeah. why would you play anything else right right and so having other options out there enables decks to function in different ways. You know, you could build, you know, CCT with the any methods necessary, or um, you know, prepared defenses, or even the Emperor start if you really wanted to. You know, there's lots of options out there, and I think having those options, you know, can just you just you never know when you'll hit something that's a randomly good idea. Like, like I said, with the profit deck and. 03 with Justin. I mean, it was we we had in a tournament. I think the next day at 10, 11 a.m. Maybe I can't remember when it started, and it was like 4 a.m. and we were trying to go to sleep, and we just sat there and kept brainstorming this profit deck to where we ended up not sleeping and just building it because, <laughs> like, we thought of civil disorder and Savrip together, and nobody's playing Savripate. Like, we could totally do this, and it, you know, you never know when that kind of thing hits you, and I think having multiple starting interrupts allows for that a lot more. 
Okay. Uh, what uh, what kinds of cards just make you wanna make you wanna quit? <laughs> uh, I I don't enjoy things that you don't really have control over. So, you know, like I don't like the broken con, uh, Eric White combo. Um, just because I, 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 you know, stealing my force is one thing. Stealing like four or five of it that I had, and now I can't play the Hujix on my hand is kind of lame. Um, so I, I don't enjoy that. Um, I don't enjoy the non-interaction kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Anything that, you know, any deck that you don't have to interact with your opponent bef- to win kind of is is not fun for me. I, I think interaction is good. Whether, you know, like, I, I think no idea is fine in the sense that it, I think it interacts fairly well. Like, it forces your opponent to interact with you. And if they choose not to, well, they're probably losing. Like, I, I like that kind of stuff versus decks that are just like, well, you're not going to be able to interact with me no matter what you do. Right, and right. you're still going to lose. Um, so, things like that really will annoy me. So, playing on Dagobah, not fun. Um you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I to- totally understand. Um, because because I wrote down the original questions and then I edited them for Star Wars cards. So, uh, okay. what is your favorite Star Wars term? Uh, I don't know. I, I always the only thing I can think of off the top of my head is uh, Michael Richards. All these years, kept telling us, "May the Force be with you" when it was your turn. <laughs> yeah, that's and, and it it. It always stuck in my head. I mean, it was 2010, and he mm-hmm. tells me that at a states tournament. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, well, it was in the rules. That's what you say when you end your turn. I was just like, all right. You, you know, know what's funny though? That's not what it says in the rules. The rules oh, say it? the rules are you say the force is with you. Ah, uh, that's no, that's what he said. Oh, that that is what he said. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He would. Say, he said whatever was in the rules. Oh, I, okay. Okay. I I mis I misremembered what it was, but he he said that, and I remember the first time I went and looked him up. I was like, I'll be damned! It does say that. <laughs> so he just he did that for so long, and I just I, it was always one of those things that cracked me up. I think Tom Hade still does that, or at least or at least the couple of times that I've played him, he did. Does he? I haven't played him. Like I've only watched him play, and sometimes I've heard him say it, but I can't remember if he's always said it. Yeah, I, I don't know if he just was saying it against me because, you know, he was just he was just goofing off during games that I played against him because uh, right. obviously he was going to win. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's uh, really good at this yeah, game. Yeah, he's and he's a great, also su- super nice guy. Super nice guy. Oh yeah. Uh, back uh, in when I was kind of getting back into things in the 2013, 2014 and stuff. He, he, I went to some events that he ran and yeah, really nice guy. Um, what, uh, opponent's deck do you love to see? Like, what do you mean? Uh, like, like you what sit, would I want to face? Or? Right. Right. You're sitting down, you're sitting down against an opponent and they flip over their objective or whatever. What types of, what types of decks do you like to see your opponent have? Uh, I mean, it, it really mostly depends on what I'm playing. Um, I don't, you know, I, I fluctuate what I play so much. You know, like if I'm sitting down playing court, I don't want to see my opponent flip over a throne room. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm playing like Dark Senate, sure, flip over a throne room. I can okay. cancel your right. drain and make you cry. Right. Uh, so, so you, you want to see it, a good matchup? Yeah, I just want to see a good matchup. Like, I, I don't want to see anything that's going to blow me out. Um,. You know, like there ha- there are some decks that blow you out. Like 
you know, if I'm playing Senate, I don't want to see Civil Disorder Ability 3 virtual cards out. You know, that's just bad. Um, you know, I don't... There's nothing that I hate playing that much, except for maybe Mind What You Have Learned. Mm-hmm. Um, only because I know we're not going to have really any interaction. They're just going to try to negate what I'm doing forever, and then they'll win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one for sure, but like, there's not really any dark side decks that I right, right. I just absolutely despise to that level. Okay, um, and you kind of, I mean, you kind of uh, answered the next question, which was uh, what opponent's deck you would hate to see, which you said basically, mind what you have learned, or uh, or something that's a that's a bad matchup, or that has like specific answers. Sounds like if if yeah, they... like it's 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 not so much even specific answers. It's literally the ones that blow you out. Like right. we unfortunately still have blowout answer cards and. You know, like if I'm sitting down with TTO and my opponent plays relatively unprotected, well, that really changes how I'm playing this mm-hmm. game. And I don't like those kind of things. Like, you know, we had, I don't remember how, I don't know how many people are going to remember the old Hoth Walkers objective. And there was that worlds where you would literally get hit with eight force loss on turn two. And so they came out with um hindsight so you and you could pull it fairly easy so you would have hindsight to negate six and you just had to negate two more and i was just like well like why don't we change the the objective rather than making these counter cards that just make it irrelevant because like the hot deck had to do some setup and it just unfortunately was really fast for them to set up but they did some setup and they they were then not rewarded at all with Mm -hmm. doing it and that kind of stuff has always bothered me. Mm-hmm. Like it, I feel like it takes that skill extra, you know, the the skill and deck building out of the a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you just are going to include this card because it's right, you win. Right. You, your opponent plays it. Yeah, and I think that I think that the the issue of errata of like people not having the the caught not having caught up with all the latest errata or whatever is a lot smaller now than it used to be. One because uh, because so many people are just playing on Gemp, so you just play the card right. that's on Gemp, and then and and so then sort of along with that, that means that if you're going to a live event, it's probably the first event you've gone to in a couple months, and you're you're not just taking the thing that's in your bag. Like you're probably you're probably going through and you know reprinting some slips and it, like I think there's sort of an un, an understanding that that you can you know that we can. That we can tweak cards, that we can't, you know, like the tweak set and everything. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with the Gimp part. The live thing, man, I I hated doing slips. I tried to use the same slip as long as possible. Like, mm. I would have decks that literally I didn't touch forever, and then I would go to an event and just bring everything that was a deck in the last, like, couple of years and try to put uh-huh. something together there. Um, I rarely went prepared. That's why I am still haven't picked out what I'm playing tomorrow. <laughs> Might be prepared. All right. Um, what Star Wars profession, other than your own, if applicable, would you like to try? Meaning, like professions in the game, uh, in the, the Wars, in the Star Wars, the Star Wars universe. Um, you know, like can, it's probably gonna sound bad, but Dark Lord of the Sith. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, like I've always been the chaotic neutral slash chaotic more chaotic neutral than anything else kind of person so you know smuggler wouldn't be too bad uh 
you know, making my own rules, that kind of thing. Okay. That's that's one of my that's becoming quickly becoming one of my favorite uh, questions. So far, the answers have been pilot, uh, mid-level imperial officer. Uh, one person said uh, said he wanted to be in the courts because he thinks it would be really cool to be even slower than the Senate. Um, and then he also said he would be interested in being a mid-level Gungan. So now you've said uh, either a Dark Lord of the Sith or a smuggler. So those are yeah. I mean, you could also put me in the camp of being a hut. <laughs> okay. So you, yeah, like, you want to be you want to be the boss. Yeah, like in the mafia kind of thing. That'd be kind of. <laughs> I mean, that's what they were. They were just right, right. Star Wars version of the mafia. Yep, definitely, definitely. And what Star Wars profession would you not like to try? Uh, you know, like honestly, I would not want to be, you know, those unnamed soldiers because mm-hmm. they always die. Uh, a battle droid because they can't shoot. Yeah. Okay. Like something with a little bit more you, entertainment you than don't, those. You don't want to be just mindlessly sent to the slaughter. That right. makes sense. All right. And final question. If God exists, what would you like to see him do with the future of the game? Honestly, I would like to see, like you were saying earlier, Star Wars 2.0. Um, I think with Fantasy Flight losing their Star Wars license for card games or it's about to be lost. I don't remember if they actually announced it or not yet. Um, you know, there's there's a really good opportunity for somebody to pick it up and, you know, Decipher probably wouldn't fight at this point, you know, selling the mechanics of the mm-hmm. game. And there's already a good following. I mean, hell, there's already an online version of the game. You know, <laughs> Like you could take that and start it and run with it, and you know, I, I I would love to see what this game could be with, you know, like that kind of pro level backing where you know people could play online. We could have the big events again. Um, you know, I like part of part of it is you know I enjoy going to the events because. There's a lot of cool people there. We all get together. We all hang out. You know, most of the time we don't really care about playing Star Wars. It's, hey, let's hang out, play board games, and just, you know, have fun with a bunch of people that all share the same interest as us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I don't, you know, I, I wouldn't want to see that die. And the longer, you know, we stay where we are, you know, that we're getting older, you know, people are having families, like, you know, it's harder for everybody to get out and attend a lot of events every year, you know. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of fond memories with a lot of the people that play. Um, you know, I love seeing the European guys travel over, the camar- camaraderie that we all share. It's, I, I would like to see that continue. And, you know, yeah, if, if they did like a 2.0, like we could lose some of it, but like, those of us that have been here a while, we would jump in and it'd be fun. Like mm-hmm. I also would like to see, I, I think if they did that, we would get people like, um, Mike Jim and, you know, some of those others that have been playing in other games that don't really play star Wars, you know, the card game as much would come back and play if they could go and pick up boosters and play in a local scene a little bit more that kind of stuff. But 
you know, like I, I would like to see, you know, like Mike Richards would probably start playing again. Um, you know, James Barnes down here, they would probably start playing again. Like me, me and James, we sold everything we had. I know I sold mine to the PC. I don't know where he sold his, but you know, we don't even have physical cards really anymore. And I think if we could play at local game stores and have a bigger local community, we would. But, you know, they got to the point where it got harder for them to be able to do things because they've got wives and kids and things. And, you know, without a local scene, it really dries up really quick. Mm -hmm. And so being able to get local game stores back involved with it, I think, would be great. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, thanks a lot uh, for doing this for doing this interview. Uh, Good luck. uh, Good luck. Good luck in the event tomorrow. Yeah, thanks. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, everyone. for Thanks, everyone, for listening. May the yeah. force be with you. <laughs> Kindlecast.ninja, celebrating media, hobbies, and passions since 2014.